Welcome to Don't Listen to Us, episode number 26. I'm Sean King. I'm Melissa King. As always, send us emails to dltu at yml.me. On last week's episode, we announced we're moving to Australia. We did. One of the reasons why we're moving to Australia? Today, it's raining (laughs) and 13 degrees. Tomorrow, it will rain and be 15 degrees. Tuesday, rain and 16. Wednesday, rain. Thursday, rain. Friday, rain. (laughs) It does rain in Australia, just saying. Yeah, but right now in Australia, it's 17 degrees. What's that? That's uh, uh, 60-some-odd. Sunny today, sunny tomorrow, sunny Wednesday, sunny Thursday, sunny Friday, sunny Saturday, sunny Sunday. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And it's winter there. It's winter. We actually sat here. This morning, discussing when we were going to turn the furnace on. I know, I can't. I really can't. I really dig my heels in. It's still officially summer. It's still September, for heaven's sake. But we actually thought about, should we turn the furnace on? No. (laughs) You put your socks on, you put your slippers on, you put a sweater on, and you suck it up, buttercup. That's right. (laughs) No, can't do. No, can't do. It's very difficult to do that first initial, okay, We've got to turn it on. <laughs> the first time is hard. It really is. Oh. Yeah. It's when you you know you're you're breaking the water in the toilet and being frozen. <laughs> Not really. No. You said something interesting last night, and I don't know if, if it's in fact true, but something what was it about, about sunlight that you were talking about last night and, and, and Oh well because um just just some issues in my body. So I was th- walking around in the day thinking, you know, the the cloud and the rain and the dampness is here already and I said to you do you think do you believe in in the the thought that more sunshine and being in that drier climate makes you feel better yeah. and makes your body feel better and on your mind and all that and so we started talking about vitamin D I got to believe it does I don't know if any scientific study has been done but I got to believe that more sunshine more warm is psychologically, if not actually physically, better for you than six months of jury wet misery. Well, I'm sure there are there are negative consequences of having less vitamin D. Well, yeah, I mean, supposedly, I, I don't know, I, I don't know anything about it, but supposedly there's this thing called seasonal affective disorder, which mm-hmm. affects people. I mm-hmm. believe it's a real thing. I don't know what causes it, but apparently the solution is sunshine. Or light, the light, yes, that's right. UV light. Yes, yes. And whether that's directly related to vitamin D, because, correct me if I'm wrong, but sunshine um, creates vitamin D in us or activates vitamin D in us. How does that work? Is yeah. something about sunshine Something's, and vitamin D. Oh, yes, definitely. And I know my friend Stephen, he was given advice, I think it was from a doctor one yeah. time, that because we live in such darkness, the, the advice to him was, if it's sunny... Look up toward, not look staring right at the sun, and then move your eyes around and blink them so that as much sun can get through as possible and do that as frequently as you can when the sun comes out to maximize the vitamin D coming into your your brain. My friend Dr. E in uh, Portland, Oregon actually had one of those UV lights, and she said, and this might be placebo, it might be psychosomatic, but she would sit there on the couch watching TV with me, and she would have one of those UV uh, uh, tablets, basically. Yep. 
And she said that afterwards, after an hour, that she felt better. Yes, same with our, my friend Lance. He so. needs he go he gets terribly down yep. during the darkness, and you know the funny story. Um, a woman that I, when I lived over in Vancouver in Carisdale, there she, wonderful, lovely, very vivacious single mom, doing quite well, had had a baby, I think in vitro, whatever. She didn't have a partner, but she had a nanny, and her nanny was a guy. Wow, and he was an Aussie. He was Mm. an Aussie guy, so obviously just needed work. And she thought, well, my kid be nice to have a guy for my child to, you know, have that influence. And she told me, great guy. But when he got to Vancouver, it hit him, the darkness oh, yeah, yeah. and the rain. And he went into a real slump and he actually had to go back to Australia. He said, I can't do this. Yeah, I believe it. And he went home based on that. I first moved to Vancouver when in 1986 and I still remember that very first winter when it was it literally rained for a month yes it for a solid month it rained you um, were, it was dark and dreary and damp and wet and it was awful mm-hmm. and i i seriously considered moving back to halifax for that oh because i was i don't know if i can do this i know i remember it very well but then i called my mom up in nova scotia and said uh, you know how much snow up to your ass i think i'll stay here <laughs> i'm good with the rain cuz you don't to gotta shovel, shovel rain exactly rain goes away but by it's itself different. It it's is absolutely different. different. Yeah, especially those folks who have lived in Vancouver their entire lives uh, or lived in the, the Pacific Northwest where it's very rainy or other places. You think, oh, I would never live in a place where it snows all the time. Well, yeah, and I get that. And I would not I would never go back and, and live there full time. But there's something about, uh, I remember, and maybe just because I was a kid, there was something about those snowstorms we would get as a kid where, it would hit New Brunswick first, and you'd know that the next day or the next 36 hours, we were going to get the big dump of snow. So you went to the store, you you bought food. You know, if you're an adult, you buy beer. In those days, you bought you you went to the, the, the Blockbuster and got a bunch of movies to watch. And you just hunkered down for a day, day and a half, two days. School was canceled. But... When the snow stopped, the sun came out, and it was beautiful. Mm, beautiful. Everything was white, and there's big fluffy piles of snow all over the place on the trees, and everything was soft, and there was that muted sound. And that blue, blue sky, sky. against the it was snow fantastic. and the sparkle. Well, you don't get that no. when it rains. I mean, yeah, that- the sun will come out after a month, Well, but it's, you know. Well, I remember living in Ontario. And, of course, my ex-husband and mine's luck, because that happened when we moved to the Kootenays. We get to Ontario, and it's the snowiest winter in, like, 175 years or something or other. It was just wild. And here's me living in Ontario going, what? Because, you know, I'm just – I hate driving in the snow. But we had Damon. He was this gorgeous little toddler. And we were ice skating outside. Yeah, yeah. We were we were clearing off ponds. We were out in the snow. I loved it. We'd go to Toronto, and they had outdoor skating yep. rinks, and it, it was heavenly. Yeah, I loved it. And the problem with the wet is we we we've talked about many times. You can't do anything in you, it for the you most just part. Just sit here like the boys are. Well, Rory's got a, his best bud here, and it, it's all good. But you know, it's been pouring, yeah. pouring, pouring, pouring. Yeah. And I remember standing on Main Street. I hadn't been living in Vancouver for a long, long time. We lived just off of Main Street. Thinking to myself, I feel like I'm living in a cave under the ocean. <laughs> like I really just, I just thought drip, drip, drip. And then I remember looking up. I was on Main Street and there was this big round patch of blue 
And it, I remember thinking, it's so vivid. There's the blue. Yeah, there's the blue. Yeah. It, because you just don't see it. And when it comes out, I mean, Vancouver is magnificent yeah. when it comes out. Yeah. In the meantime, though, it's just a grind. Just, uh, just. Uh. Now, interestingly enough, I love the sound of rain. I love it. It was raining on my face last night in bed because <laughs> I opened the window. That was me. I was spitting on you. Uh, Sorry. Oh, you were doing your uh, saliva, <laughs> out of control saliva gland thing. Quiet. Move on. Squirt yeah, saliva but, uh, all over me, you know, and not in, you know, not in erotic places, in, like on my face, <laughs> on my arm. I have this weird tongue thing. He does this yawny thing and I, then no, it goes, no. Psh, I don't. <laughs> He's a squirter. <laughs> no, I don't do it. But there's something about the shape, every now and then, the shape of my tongue when I yawn. And there's the right amount of saliva underneath my tongue. Apparently, when my when I yawn and my tongue presses down, it like like a some it's kind like a, of lizard. It is. It squirts out. It is. <laughs> I, you were talking the other night in bed, and I didn't hadn't even seen you yawn. And I looked down, and I wiped off your chest, and you laughed, and I said, "Your saliva's all over your chest." <laughs> I mean, this is what I have to look forward to. It's the to. weirdest thing. <laughs> All the, all, all the long-term care nurses will be saying, you know, he's really drooling or not. And I'll go, no, no, he's not. He's yawning. <laughs> but it doesn't happen every time. So, like, it happens to me once every 10 yawns. So, it still surprises me when it happens. You know, you just yawn. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. there's oh just, now I'm getting out of the way if he yawns. It's just weird. So, no, it was rain on my face. Little bits of beautiful rain in but the window. But that's what I open. use I love that. When, when every now and then I want noise to go to sleep with. That's what I use. I'll use the sound of rain oh, and thunder. Yeah. And thunder. And thunder. Yeah, very sleep. cool thunder and lightning storm on Friday yeah, night. It didn't last long enough. Yeah, but it was still cool while it happened. Our friend Scott Thrift in Sydney, Australia. Hey, Sean and Melissa, so very glad you've decided to join us at the bottom of the world. <laughs> it's an amazing place. You're going to love it. It and is. yes, as Melissa mentioned last week, Sydney's just down the road from Newcastle, so I'll be waiting for my chance to finally meet you after all these years of yes. Sean's dulcet tones across the interweb. <laughs> as it's been a long time since Melissa's lived here full time, I thought I'd better remind her of the basics. Yes, please. Yes, pineapple does belong on a pizza. Yes, I agree. Uh, and on a, and on a hamburger. Uh, he says that and, and on a burger. I, uh, I Same with beets on a hamburger. Okay, that's just weird. Oh, and I love me. beets. Oh. Beets on a hamburger? Absolutely. Oof, God. And I I don't eat pizza very much anymore, but yeah, but did you know a Canadian invented the pineapple, the Hawaiian pizza? Really? Yeah, it's a Canadian. That's people think odd. it's a Hawaiian thing, but that's how you order it often. It's, you call it's it a Hawaiian, Hawaiian pizza. It's a Hawaiian, yeah, ham and but, pineapple but usually. That was a Canadian invented them. Weird. Um, there are more things per square meter that want to kill you than any other place on earth. I remember, but I'm alive, so, and so are you, Scott. It's acceptable to kill any creepy crawlies in the house, except for the daddy long leg spider that lives in the bathroom toilet. They have a pre-existing treaty. Yes. No. Oh. No. no if that's it's not in my be house, I get. House. This is a very weird house. You people are very weird in this house. Rory and Melissa apparently love insects and bugs because you won't kill them. You'll scoop them up and put them outside. I kill them. I want them dead. I want fewer insects and bugs on the planet, so I will do my part to kill every one of them I can find. You capture them, though, in this Because sense. you people want me to. Uh-huh. When you're not around, I kill them. Okay. Well, you know what? I'll kill a cockroach no matter where. <laughs> if I see him, I, you know, I just have, I'm sorry, but I cannot stand cockroaches. Rory's got this thing about you can't kill, we can't kill any insects. Oh, you know there was wood bugs in the car yesterday. He's like, no, don't kill it. 
wood bog, oh, do you? Oh, squish them into dust. Exactly. They just turn into dust, like the stuff that they eat. Uh, it's perfectly acceptable to call a woman behind a counter love. Hi, love. <laughs> Hi, darling. That's, that's very British. Yeah. yeah. And very yeah. Southern, too. Yeah. Southerners do that a yeah. lot. And uh, and to excite the motorcycle monster inside Sean, there's the Ire Highway in Western Australia. I don't think he understands what excitement means because he says this has a stretch that is 146 kilometers dead straight, no turns. The highway itself is 1,600 kilometers long with speed limit, and the Northern Territory is 130 kilometers an hour. 146 kilometers of straight? No, no dude, that's Sean, not Sean fun. wants curves. Oh God, yes. That would just be suicide-inducing. Oh, Jesus. Oh, it's awful. Can't imagine that. That's terrible. Thank you, Scott. Keep sending, Absolutely. you know, um, tidbits, because I might have forgotten. DLTU at YML.me. Michael Curtis says, Hi, Sean. I'm so pleased for you, Melissa, moving to Australia. My sister moved to Kalgoorlie. Kalgoorlie? Oh, Kalgoorlie. Kalgoorlie. Yeah. Oh. Ten years ago, and despite missing her, she's made a great life for herself. I think Australia is quite European. On the plus side, you'll be living in cricket country. Cricket. And rugby country. You're, yes. You're, your brother's a big fan of both sports. Yeah, Brad likes the rugby, loves his cricket. I'm sure the biking for you will be great. And on another note, we watched a movie called Breathe. I'm sure Melissa would find it fascinating. Have you ever seen a movie Breathe? Oh, I'd like to. Is I've never heard of it. I love Australian movies. I'll check it out. Australian film is, is wonderful. So... As we've mentioned before, Melissa and I, um, more so, and this is something I think I'm saying to you for the very first time, um, more than any other woman I've been with, we like to wrestle. We do. We like to play slap and tickle. Like major wrestling. Yeah, really. It was, and mostly it goes it, on and on. <laughs> <laughs> mostly it deals with, and this is not subconscious in any way, so don't anyone take it the wrong way. Most of it deals with me kicking her out of bed. Yes. Most of wrestling is... Is is Melissa getting feisty and saying you can't do that, and me going oh, you, I can do it with one arm, okay? No, you can't. And I, eventually, I, she's off the bed. But, we but I put up a good fight. You do. You are very I don't strong. I think you're holding back too much. Not a lot. You are very very strong. Mostly for me, it's a matter of I know leverage better than you do. You do. And so I don't have to use about a lot of strength to hold you down if you know leverage, mm. uh, jujitsu, karate type stuff. Although I don't know any about that stuff, but that's what it is—judo kind of stuff. We have a lot of fun. We giggle, we laugh, we just have just so much fun. Yesterday, we're doing the same thing. We're 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 laughing, we're we're giggling, we're having fun. And apparently one of my hands went someplace and Melissa said, Careful, that's an erroneous zone. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh my Oh like, my gosh, I can't believe you're sharing that. And I stopped and went what? Well, there was quite a gap. I said, Don't don't go there, it's an erroneous zone. <laughs> And there was like a gap, like a like a one one second, two one thousand, three one thousand four. And I'm thinking, oh, I wonder if he's thinking if he should go there or if he shouldn't go there. But no, he was actually. Well, anyway, it's your story. I was contemplating whether you were going to correct yourself. I was trying to think: is she serious? Is she actually saying it incorrectly? But yeah, it's it was. Uh, you said erroneous zone instead of erogenous zone. Yeah. And you're like, are you sure? Yes, I'm absolutely <laughs> positive. It's are not, you it's sure? Hundred percent positive. That it's erroneous and not erogenous. Sorry, I mean, yeah, erogenous <sighs> zone. We have a son who is very honest, unless it comes to games, but very forthcoming, very truthful, and I can see Rory doing this. Mm. New York police arrested a couple after the three-year-old in the back seat pulled out and opened a bag of weed. <laughs> 
You're not supposed to be doing this. This is illegal. <laughs> this isn't allowed. The police are going to tell troopers were conducting a traffic stop in New Scotland, arrested a couple after the three-year-old in the backseat of the car pulled out a bag of weed, opened it, and held it up for police to see the contents. Oh, why were they pulled over, though? Troopers first pulled over 26-year-old, 33-year-old Megan Carl Scott Hill when they noticed the toddler wasn't in a proper child safety restraint. While they were interviewing Hill, the three-year-old in the backseat pulled out the zippered bag. <laughs> Which contained weed, a grinder, and a pipe. Oh, that is so cute. <laughs> the police arrested Hill and Carl and charged them with endangering the welfare of a child. Hill was also charged with possession of cannabis. You should charge the baby. <laughs> oh, you don't know who bought it. Exactly, exactly. The kid had it, so he's the one who's going to get charged. And where was this? This is in New York State. Oh, I see. So obviously marijuana is quite illegal there. Yes, it's still illegal there. But that's just hilarious. <laughs> look what I look, officer. Well, he's probably thinking, my mom and dad really are in- very interested in this stuff. <laughs> that's right. Maybe you well, would be too. I don't too. want you to have a look. The thing is that this happens so many times. You know, and people often say, you know, why is a cop pulling me over? Doesn't he have better to do? The cops nail so many dumb criminals for dumb shit like this. If you if you got a bag of weed in your car, do everything right. You know, if weed's illegal in your state. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to pay attention, have attention to you. Exactly. To yourself. You know, yeah. put, don't speed. Don't speed. Don't run through stoplights. Don't stop go over a double yellow line. All that put stuff. Put your kid in a proper child restraint. <laughs> I was just hilarious. This the kid busted the parents. That is so cute. <laughs> you little shit. <laughs> I hope they didn't take the child yes, away. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Not into like ministry. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. That's endang- child endangerment. I mean, if, if if the police are charging with child endangerment, they've got to take the child away. I mean, it's just yeah. the logic of I know. Just oh god of the charge. Speaking of. Uh, Marijuana, this is going to be a very interesting thing. For, folks may not know that uh, Canada nationwide, um, federal government, is going to legalize marijuana sometime, I think sometime next year. I think it was, the, uh, I thought it was July 1st, 2019. Canada Day next year or yeah, something like yeah. that. And that's okay. I don't yeah. think, I don't know if it's going to make a lot of difference. I think that, you know, there's the concern from certain quarters, and it's slightly justifiable. That means suddenly everyone will try weed. I don't think so. I, I think you could try it now if you wanted. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Whatever. if you want to try weed, you can try weed. Whether sure. it's legal or not legal, it's easily found for most people in the country. Certainly folks who have access to the big city, they've got a friend of a friend who can get them a joint if they want to try it. Oh, there's we dispensaries all, we, everywhere now. We did, well, here, no, not in the rest of the country, in British Columbia, yeah. Vancouver, oh, yes. Oh, my God. There are, now, I see, when I if I go to the dispensary, there are older people there. Sure. A lot of the yeah. time, there's older people there looking for things to give them relief. Less, I think less so in Canada than in the States. There's less of a stigma to marijuana use in general. Just don't make it obvious. Yeah, you know, oh, you yeah. you walk around downtown Vancouver, you smell marijuana. Just don't make it obvious. You know. Well, now you don't even really have to smoke it. You can eat sure. it. Sure. Yep. Or have oil. And I've or never whatever. believed that marijuana is a gateway drug to anything. Nor I. And that the 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 crime rate will go up, as some people say it will. No one commits crime while stoned. You just sit in your couch. Oh no, no, these you know? are stoners. <laughs> exactly. They don't want to go and commit a crime. It takes too much thought. <laughs> No one's ever robbed a bank stoned. No, right? no, 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 you're not going to. You could get to a point in your robbery where it's like, I'm really paranoid. Everyone's looking at me. I've got to get yeah. out of here. The, the, no, the, no. the most you'll do is steal a bag of Doritos at 7 Eleven. You know, that's, that's, that's it. You yeah. Know? But in the US, federally, it's still illegal. Hmm. And it's still considered a serious illegal drug. It's. 
crime-wise in the level of LSD and cocaine. It is? With the punishments. And the way it works now in Canada, if you travel to the United States, a American customs agent can ask you if you've done illegal drugs. No. And if you say yes, he can prevent you from entering the country. Now, it doesn't happen very often for the most part. Usually, there's going to be a trigger of some other kind for the customs guys. But they can do it to anyone at any time. And they don't necessarily have to give the opportunity to say, you know, have you ever done marijuana? Yes. All right, you can't come in. But but no, it was 30 years ago in college. Who would answer yes anyways? Because the problem is if you lie, so say they have a reason to believe that you do. Maybe there's an arrest warrant or sorry, that you've been arrested when you were 25 on a marijuana charge oh. and he has that information somehow and you lie to him. You are now banned from entering the United States ever, mm. ever. The problem is now there's going to be a lot of people in Canada who are either going to have to lie to the American customs guys or tell the truth and possibly be banned from entering the country. Yes, but they're doing something illegal in their own country. That doesn't matter if it's illegal in the United States. Because the reverse is true. Americans could say, well, guns are illegal in my country. Why can't I bring my gun into your country? No, that's true. You know, we so that. so we, we, you can't have a double standard. Nope. They have to be allowed to. It's dumb, but it gets worse. Because Canada is going to legalize marijuana, there are going to be tens of thousands of people who are going to be working in, in the, the marijuana industry. industry. Mm-hmm. They may never actually do marijuana. No. They may know having, just like I'm sure there are people who don't drink beer working in liquor stores. Mm-hmm. The American customs guys can stop you from coming into America even if you work in the industry. But you're not a... Oh. Doesn't matter. Remember, they have complete and absolute control over your life the moment you step onto U.S. territory. Mm. And by the way, a lot of people don't realize this, for 100 miles afterwards. Because if somebody worked in the, say, in the firearm industry, they could come across to Canada as long as they weren't bringing illegal firearms across or, you know what I mean? So that's kind of, that is a double standard. That's not... Um, Field officer, Office of Field Operations for U.S. Customs and Border Protection says, our officers are not going to be asking everyone whether they've used marijuana, but if other questions lead there, if there's a smell coming from the car, they might mm. ask. Mm. Or, or um, detected by dogs. Mm-hmm. If asked about past drug use, travelers should not lie, he said. If you mm. lie about it, that's fraud misrepresentation, which carries a lifetime ban. <laughs> the problem is if you tell the truth. You can get a lifetime ban. Yes, but if you lie and there's no, you haven't had a previous arrest or whatever, you just lie, for heaven's sakes. If a traveler admits to past use of any illegal drugs, including marijuana, the traveler will be found to be inadmissible into the United States. CBP typically will allow them the opportunity to voluntarily withdraw from the border or face an expedited removal. So they're saying if you admit to using drugs, you're not going to be allowed in the country. Well, then you don't admit to it. That's it. Sorry. So but. what they're doing is encouraging you to lie. Yes. You're going. To, they're, you're telling people you might as well lie because if you lie and get caught, there's a lifetime ban. And then, if, if you tell the truth and get caught, there's a, there, there's a ban. If you lie and don't get caught, you can come to the states. And what if you do have a, a medicinal reason for using it? Doesn't matter. You know? Federally, United States, you're not allowed to use marijuana medicinally. Mm-hmm. Federally. 
state laws are different. Mm-hmm. Therein lies the problem mm. that in California, in Washington, in Colorado, state-wise, at the state level, marijuana use is legal. Now, you can't have 14 pounds of it in the backseat of your car no, no, kind of stuff, no, but no. for personal use, basically, it's, it's legal. Mm. But federally, it's not. So state police won't arrest you, mm-hmm. but the FBI can arrest you. Mm-hmm. It's just a completely messed up situation, yeah. and now it's going to get worse. It's getting very messy, isn't it? Because when we legalize this, we're going to have thousands of people, A, who are going to be marijuana users legally in this country, and B, tens of thousands of people who work in the industry. Do they ask people if they're homosexual when they cross the border? Not anymore. They used to. <laughs> oh, my. What? They used to. They would ask people. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's none of their business. It used to be. Yep. It used to be. But now they don't. Interesting. The criteria for inadmissibility in the criteria for inadmissibility to the United States are laid out in blah blah blah. Um, yes, you can if you work in the industry, you can you would be considered to be an illicit illicit trafficker in a controlled stop substance, and that would bar you entry in the United States. Folks, it's stupid. It just come on. This is this is ridiculous. Oh well, I mean, there's less people going to the United States now. Now there's going to be less. <laughs> Yep, I tried. Less and less and less, less and less and less because nobody wants to go there. Sorry. Jo- join Peace, us in Lisbon instead. <laughs> um, Georgia school brings back paddling to discipline students. Oh, on the bot? Corporal punishment will be administered using a three-strike policy. Basically, if you're a little shit for three strikes, um, parents are notified the child is to be paddled. The student will be taken into an office. The door closed. The student will place their hands on their knees or a piece of furniture and will be struck on the buttocks with a paddle. Corporal punishment is to be administered by an, administ- administered by an administrator in the presence of an adult witness. As my mother would say, don't you ever lay a hand on my child. Yeah. Do you, no, no. I wouldn't allow it to happen to my child. Not in school. I, and I have no problem beating kids. I think we should beat them more often. I would like to beat Rory on a regular basis and his friend Hayden for that matter. <laughs> As Hayden throws plastic objects and hits Sean in the head head several times this morning. (laughs) But I don't believe that schools should be in the business of paddling children. And what age is this, may I ask? Kindergarten upwards? says Georgia school. That's a good point. Let me see whether it's a high school or not. It says uh, superintendent of Georgia schools. In this school, we take discipline very seriously. A charter school doesn't say... What does a charter school mean? Uh, different rules for um, running the school. It doesn't say... Paddling is still legal in Georgia and 19 other states, but it's rare for a school to have a policy for it. No, I don't think schools should be allowed to do it. I think paddling... I think you know spanking your child should be legal or not not illegal for, for that matter. The problem is, you know, some parents are beating the shit of the kids yeah. versus a little smack on the bottom. Exactly. You know, and you have to be careful smacking a child on the bottom, you know? That's that's the spine. Well, yeah, because you don't want to ruin your hand. And if you're hitting a child <laughs> in the buttocks with an an object. Yes, that's You know, I worry about the sacrum and the spine and I don't know, I I think that is just wrong. Yes, I I absolutely agree that there should you should not be hitting a child so much that that's a danger for you or the child. And who's to say how hard that it's, certain principle we, is going to hit exactly. them? Is there a gauge? Exactly, to, that's right. You know? That's right. <clears throat> but I don't know about your mom, but my mom beat us on a regular basis. But we also knew why we were getting whooped. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't it was no it wasn't random whoop, whoopings. 
and they were serious whoopings. We would get, we would get, you know, your butt, you, you couldn't sit down, but it was because we'd done something bad. We knew it was bad and we did it anyway. So you got a whooping. Did you do it again? No, I made different mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) I sort of didn't do it again. I did it a bit differently. I'm very proud of the fact I never made the same mistake twice. I made many mistakes, Mm. but Hmm. I rarely got beat for the same thing twice. But did you carry that through to your life as an adult, not making the same mistake twice? Oh, God, Did no. You, so. <laughs> Once mom stopped beating me, I kept making the same mistakes <laughs> exactly, over and over again. Exactly, see? So, I don't know. I don't know. I'm so waiting. maybe mom should have followed me along my life beating me. <laughs> yes, maybe she That's should right. have. How about you? You, you, you? you don't believe in corporal punishment. You don't believe no. in paddling or no. things like that? No. Did your mother spank you when and your brother? I went, no. Not that I remember. No. No. I mean, the the the... The physicalness that I remember my mother and I having was because I she was I was I deserved it. She was, <laughs> and that was when I was a young woman and yep. was making all sorts of terrible mistakes. And Mum was I think just beside herself, not knowing. So I had I was ready to hit her with my guitar, and we were attacking each other. And I actually have a scar from that. <laughs> yeah. When you were swinging a guitar at your mom, I was really. We were f- having fisticuffs. We we're wow. having a fight. Yep. Um. I remember I was, well, I think I was 14. My mom swung a hockey stick at me. Mm. And I caught the hockey stick in midair, broke it over my, my knee, and said, don't you ever hit me again. Mm. And that was me trying to be brave. And I remember distinctly thinking, I'm a dead man. Because <laughs> mm. I stood up to mom. Well, maybe she started to realize then yeah, he's getting too old for this. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, at 14, I'm six foot three and almost 200 pounds at 14 years old. You know? Yeah, so she's probably thinking, oh, yeah. maybe it's, it's time. Now. And on a regular basis was physically preventing my, fa- my stepfather from fighting my mother. Yeah. Like picking up my, my father. My stepfather was smaller than me. He was a, a little skinny-ass British guy. Uh, Mike was maybe 5'10", 5'11", 160 pounds, and I could mm. pick him up mm. and... I remember distinctly picking him up and throwing him into the closet one day. I think Mike should have been scared of you. I think I, maybe Mike was. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. No, when I went to school, there was the cane. Mm. I remember seeing kids get the cane. No. Um, there was never the paddle. And I did have a teacher, I remember, hit me across the back of the head. And I was a good little girl. And he hit me on the back of the head for a ridiculous reason. No. I remember that very, very vividly. No, I don't think that teachers have any rights whatsoever to um, be physical with a child. I agree. Unless it's for safety. Oh, sure. Because they do teach now in schools um, a a safe method of holding a child down if they're completely losing it. You know, those real behavior challenged kids. Yeah. Just to keep them safe and everybody else safe. We have a friend, we won't mention her name because we're going to make fun of her, um, who is in the dating scene and is actually half really enjoying, and this is my impression, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, half really enjoying it and half like, oh, Jesus. Because at this age, air quotes, <clears throat> I would say about 40 to say 55, 60, dating's a giant pain in the ass. It's, 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 it's awful. It's hard. And even harder, because we live in a fairly isolated community and also a very small community, 6,000 people uh, on a virtual island. So to date people, you've pretty much got to look into the big city to date people. Yes. Which means to go on a date, you got to hop on a ferry. Yeah. 
to or, go or someone hops on a ferry to yeah, come and see you, see and then if they get off and you kind of go, yeah, yeah. you kind of stuck with them yeah, for right. until the next ferry. It was like you were stuck with me for that first was, four, first forty eight hours we were together. I w- <laughs> yes, I was stuck with you. I was like, how yeah, right. am I going to get rid of this guy? I guess I got to stop sleeping with him because okay. he's going to keep coming back. Oh my god, <laughs> you are so erroneous. <laughs> So this guy, Kyle Trouble. Yes, Easy. Kyle Trouble. Kyle Trouble. Easy things to ask on a first date to tell you whether a girl is worth a deeper investment. But interesting. Interesting. Okay. Go yeah. on. So this is his advice. This is a dating advice. This guy looks to be about uh, late 20s. All right. So let's assume, assume he's early 30s, late 20s. This is his dating advice. Um, ask her about her relationship with her father. Her sexual past, her views on children, her attitude towards men, her ability to cook clean domestic duties, all can easily be woven into a first date conversation. Um, this is first date? Oh, oh, oh. Okay. When's the next ferry? Kyle, you're never getting laid ever again. You're an asshole. Okay? Oh my God. You're obviously a misogynist, chauvinistic (laughs) asshole. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope your penis shrivels up and dies before you ever get laid ever again. Yeah, no, that that's not appropriate at all. It's pretty obvious the kind of woman he's looking for. Yeah. He wants some submissive, meek, mild-mannered 50, 1950s. Her relationship with her father? That's none hell? of your freaking business. Well, it is. Not now. Not on the first date, Maybe no. Maybe after all, quite a while. But her but... ability to cook clean and do domestic duties? Go F yourself. Oh, I should say. Can you cook? Can you clean? Can you do domestic duties? Because if you're looking for a deeper relationship, you better be able to do that stuff, you a-hole. And he wants all that on the first date. On the first date. Her attitude towards men. Her attitude towards you is going to be, you're a douchebag. Hmm. I mean, it might be a good looking guy, but yeah, you are a complete asshole. Is he a good looking guy? Eh, I can't tell. He's, he's okay. He's okay. Um... It turns out, and I have to apologize, um, I have um, on several occasions um, made fun of these Warren Buffett lines. So mm-hmm. Mr. Buffett, mm-hmm. the billionaire, saying, you know, be happy with your life. It was a fake account. It wasn't Warren Buffett's account. <gasps> oh. Oh, oh, oh. So I apologize to Mr. Buffett for all the awful names I called him. <laughs> <laughs> well, but didn't you call them them on the fake account? No, I was call, I was definitely uh, mocking Mr. Buffett himself, hmm. not realizing that the Twitter account that was posting stuff was a fake account. Goodness me! My, I usually check for that stuff, and and uh, but it sounded like something that that he would he would say. I, I know it's just mean, but it's it's Sorry, something that Mr. Buffett. Sorry, Mr. Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> I see this stuff all the time, and it just makes me crazy. Um, here's how this young couple paid off $162,000 of debt in three years and paid for the wedding at the same time. I see these stories all the time and it's the fault of the media that does this stuff. This, in this case was business insider business insider writes the story of this couple who, um, had $162,000 of credit card debt. Oh, that makes me just want to vomit. How do you sleep? After three years of saving like it's an Olympic sport, the Twin Cities duo wiped out nearly $160,000. How do you? Come on. No, no, no. It takes years to wipe out just, you know, t- uh, maybe a $10,000 credit credit card debt. 
Well, you know how they did it? Well, mom and dad probably helped them. No, no, mom and dad did not help them. They were making $150,000 a year. Oh, well, then that's all the difference in the world. That's easy. I hate when the media portrays the story it's as something if these, that everybody can yeah, do. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You they, too they, can do this. They were a hard-working couple. They're making a quarter of a million dollars a year between the two of them. Doing what, though? Just oh, it doesn't, doesn't matter what their jobs were, well, but, no, but it's easy to get rid of that kind of debt when you make that kind of money. It is, unless you are living, uh, you know, you can hunker down and pay off that debt making that money or not, depending how you're living. Yeah, I, the other examples of the story are, you know, this 22-year-old says, says, um, uh, you know, I just purchased my own home and I'm debt free. And then you read the story and you go, my parents loaned me half a million dollars. Shut up. Yeah, no. Because it makes you feel like you're doing something awfully wrong yep. and that you're lacking somehow. And it just, you feel so defeated. Well, it pisses me off when the media keeps doing, <coughs> keeps portraying these people as, like you said, as if they're you. When the media, sh- whoever the reporter is, should get to that point in the story and go, well, yeah, this is a bullshit story. Yes. Well, their editor should not, should not allow this story. Even, no, I agree. To go forward because it just, it, 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 like you said, it, it defeats people. Makes me feel people. like an idiot. Like, well, how come, I, what's the matter with me? Why am I in debt? Why can't I get out of yeah, debt? Yeah, that's right. Um, money doesn't buy happiness. Do you agree with that statement or not? Well, I know that you don't. Money makes things easier. The old line is, money doesn't buy happiness, but it buys a better class of misery. That too. Money makes life easier. And hence, what comes along with that could and be isn't more an happiness. Easy, isn't an easier life? Yeah. Uh, doesn't that make you happier? An easier life? Well, what I'm saying is, is that money makes life easier. And then what stems from that easiness is more sense of happiness, contentment. New also, research suggests that more money really does lead to a more satisfying life. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> does. <laughs> okay, wow, they did research on that. Surveys of thousands of Swedish lottery winners have provided persuasive evidence of this truth. Lottery winners said they were substantially more satisfied with their lives than lottery losers. <laughs> what an incredible study. <laughs> And those who won prizes worth hundreds of thousands of dollars reported being more satisfied than winners of mere tens of thousands of dollars. How could anybody partake in such a study? I think the only people who say money doesn't buy happiness are those people who are going to be miserable regardless or who've never had money. Mm. I think if you're unhappy... Anyway, money is not going to make you. No, you won't suddenly happier. become a happy person. But if if you are a fairly well-adjusted adult, uh, low income, middle income, and for whatever reason, lottery winnings or whatever it might be, your standard of living, your 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 ability to live comfortably skyrockets, you're going to be happier. I would be the happiest rich person ever on this <laughs> earth. <laughs> And if I complain for a mere microsecond, I would encourage you to kick me in the junk. <laughs> yes. Because most of the issues that I personally have and that we have and that so many of the people have are directly related to money. Absolutely. And the lack thereof. Yes. If you have a, a good relationship like you and I do, we are both sad because we can't do the things we want to do together easily because of money. That's right. 
or for my children. Yeah. And, and I, 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 it's not like I'm a, I'm not a woman that, I, I don't feel the need to spend money to make me happy. No, I mean, no, I can be absolutely. happy without that. Absolutely. I don't go shopping. I, I don't care about that. I, I mean, certain things that I'd like to have. Yep. But I don't equate, I don't do what other women do, uh, generally speaking, and do this retail therapy stuff. Yes. I hate it. No, you don't. No, 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 no. You actually don't like shopping. No, I don't. So I know that I would be, uh, um, I, 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 don't, I wouldn't go, oh, wow, and then just start spending all this money willy-nilly because I would be feeding a need to be happier. I think money would make me happier from the sense of not having to worry about Little things like when we go grocery shopping, mm. I, I mean, you've told me I don't know that I am, but you told me I'm a good shopper that that I'm I'm not frugal, but I I, I want to make sure you look our, at prices much more than I ever do. I want to make sure our money lasts as long as it can because we don't have very much. We don't have enough. No, of it. We don't. So it'd be great to be able to go into the store, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I want to buy. I want I want to make um, a strawberry pie tonight, and be able to go to the store and just buy the strawberries. As opposed to now, I have to look at the strawberries. No, that's twice as much as they were last week. Mm-hmm. Or I know I can get strawberries are cheaper. That would be I know. that little bit of thing. Or go to the butcher and get a nice cut of meat. I know. I went to the butcher a couple of weeks ago after a motorcycle ride. And I'm going up down the, book, going up and down the butcher's um, shelf, uh, display Country, case, yeah. thinking, oh, that's too expensive. Oh, that's too expensive. Oh, I'd love to get that. That's too expensive. I'd love to get that steak or that lamb or that whatever. That's nah, too expensive. It's eighteen dollars a pound or yeah. whatever. My that'd be nice. You know, we're planning on this move to Australia, and it, it one of the issues that I'm personally going to have is my motorcycle. My motorcycle because I've ridden it so much, less than four years old, and there's seventy five thousand kilometers on it, fifty almost fifty thousand miles. That's a lot for a motorcycle in three and a half years. So, the sale value of my bike, if I wanted to sell it to somebody, is not as much. I wouldn't make as much money as it would be what the loan is. So I'm underwater on the bike. Mm-hmm. So the choice we have to make is, do I sell the bike and then keep paying it, keep paying the loan? Do we uh, transport the bike to Australia? It's going to cost $5,000. Do I buy a new bike in Australia? Well, the new bike's in Australia. The same bike is $30,000. So it's all these issues that money, boom, make go away mm-hmm. instantly. So yeah, money certainly can make you happier, but I don't believe that if you're an unhappy person, you're going to be happy with money. You're just going to be an unhappy rich person. Yes, but that's still a ridiculous study that they did. It really is. You know, I mean, please. Dear Prudence, I've been with my husband for seven years, We have been, and we've been married for a little less than one. He's the love of my life. We have a lot in common, but there's one thing we cannot seem to agree on. A couple of times a month, I like to go out with my girlfriends, dancing or to a bar, generally from about 9 p.m. until after midnight. My husband says this is inappropriate for a married woman. We're all in our late 20s and early 30s. It's a mostly female group, but our male friends are invited and often come as well. Most of us are in long-term relationships, and we mostly enjoy each other's company, dance, drink, play games, so on. I've invited my husband, but he doesn't like to be up and out late, and when he does come out, he becomes a wet mop, telling me to stop dancing, counting my drinks, and pushing me to leave early. Here's the solution we've settled on. I go out, he stays home. We agree on when I'll be home and roughly how many drinks I'll have. And I make sure I'm reachable at all times. Prudy, my parents trusted me enough not to give me a curfew when I was a teenager. Despite this arrangement, my husband's mood often sours before I leave and stays bad through the following day. 
and the haggling over the terms of my hanging out feels like a fight we keep repeating with no resolution. I've asked why, what he doesn't like about my going out and whether he worries I'm going to cheat on him. Cheat on him. He says he doesn't. He just thinks it's inappropriate. He doesn't mind when I go out to brunch with friends or other daytime activities. My thoughts are that I'm not doing anything wrong. I should be able to go out with my friends without feeling like I need to abide by his rules. He thinks I need to stop acting like I'm single. What is their solution? Well, he's a child. (laughs) He's being a child, a big baby, stupid child. (laughs) And she should just not feed into it. Bye, honey. I'm going. I'll have fun. Love you. And if he's being a sourpuss, just ignore him. Oh, my God. Don't feed into it. You give him attention, he's just going to keep being a sourpuss. And thank goodness he doesn't go with you. Don't invite him anymore, wet mop. That's just silly. It's definitely immature. Um, if you if This is the personal philosophy. Remember, this is don't listen to us. Um, this is the personal philosophy on my part. If you've married someone, you should trust them. Yes. Until they give you a reason not to trust them. Right. It doesn't sound like he's, he's been given any reason by his no. wife to not trust. He's gone out on these things. He sees what she does. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to do it. That's fine. That's not a problem. I, a couple times a month, it's fine. Oh, yes. It, there should not be a problem on his part. She should not feel like she has a curfew or she's being controlled by her husband and he is trying to control her. There is no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, he says it's not because he thinks she'll cheat, but eh, No, there's eh. a little bit of insecurity there. I think there there's a lot sure. of insecurity mm-hmm. there. And the problem is, this is his issue that he doesn't seem to have any interest in fixing. This is a therapy thing. This is where the two of them have to go to therapy and discuss this from a trained professional because he's being unreasonable. She's not doing anything wrong. They should She's be not, able to sort it out together, though. They yeah, but it go. sounds like he's fairly adamant about this. She she shouldn't be acting like she's single. Lots of married people go out and not not every single person in a bar is single. No, not at all. Or in the bar with their significant other. Mm-hmm. If you said, and you have, if you said, I'm going to go to to the 101, the, the local pub here with, with uh, my girlfriend, Corey and Moira and those guys, mm-hmm. I'd like, have fun. Yeah, I know you would. You can't wear the sexy dress, but yeah, go yeah, have he's fun. he's actually not let me wear a certain dress. <laughs> Which I know if I put it on, he would be. I would. Okay, of course I yes. would. Of course I would. <laughs> but it, it's a matter of trust. You have to trust your partner to be in that relationship with you, even when they're not with you. And have fun and then enjoy your time doing just hanging out and doing what you're thing at home while while they're out. You don't have to be joined to the hip when you get married. No, you like don't. a lot of a lot of men especially have this fear that whatever they did on their own before they got married, they won't be allowed to do afterwards. Hang out with my buddies or the and a lot of women act that way. I, I've known guys who uh, once they got married, we didn't see we had never see them again. Was it their choice? No, no, no. It was the wife telling them that they couldn't so go. So they out and chose hang out. to be pushy, pussy yeah. whipped. The, it was the wife telling them that they 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 could. And a lot of guys, sadly enough, are okay with that because they there's a certain segment of the male population that wants to be mothered. They want someone to take care of their life for them. 
Mm-hmm. You know, that's why that's why I've ha- I've had friends who say, "Hey, what are you doing this weekend? We're we're, we're going to go down to the pub and mm. and watch the baseball game." They, oh, I have to talk to the wife. I know what the wife. I know what the got wife's planned. got planned. Mm-hmm. And you know that's fair in yeah. the sense that you're you're two people with a with a intertwined mm-hmm. life. Maybe she's planned for you to go to a PTA meeting or things like that. Mm-hmm. But it does sound kind of funny. It does. As opposed to saying, "Yeah, I'd love to." Let me let me, let me check with the wife and, and see what, see what she, she's doing. But I've also had male friends who said, I'm not allowed to do that. I'm not allowed to hang out with you guys if she's not there. Oh. Because she thinks that you we're going to get in the same shit that we got into when we were in college. Right. And maybe we will. But, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to sleep with some other woman. or I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tricky one. You're not joining the hip when you get married. You, if you think of yourself as, as uh, circles of interest and there's an overlap there, it doesn't have to be completely overlapping. You're going to have interests that are different from hers. She's going to have interests that are different from yours. And one of her interests that's different is to go out, go out and, and dance. She and probably dance. just loves the dancing exactly. part of it. And just to, yeah, a lot of women, particularly women, love to go out and dance. Yes. You know, it's just, they enjoy it. They move their body. They love the music. Yep. It's great. And I hate dancing. Yes. I feel like a big giant golem. Frankenstein <laughs> lurching around on a dance floor. So I hate dancing. But I'm more than happy to either go and be the designated driver for a bunch of my wife's or my my girlfriend's friends. Mm-hmm. Go and party, girls, have fun. The other thing I've done, I've done this in the past, where I've been the designated boyfriend, where they'll go uh, dancing, and and if some guy gets a little pushy or a little aggressive, I become the boyfriend. Right. And they come over to me and going, hey, honey, how are you? A little kiss in the cheek. And the signal to the other guy is, this is my boyfriend kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. But if a bunch of girls want to go by themselves, go have fun. Enjoy. Mm. Yeah. I, you have to trust the person you're with. And if that's a, as long as the wife isn't coming home sloppy drunk yeah. twice a month, even then. Even then it's okay. It's okay. She hasn't done anything wrong. Yeah. I, think, I think this guy's just way too uptight. Yeah, she's, and she's, help, she's feeding into it. But she's still going. Good for her. Yes, I think that's important that yes. she that she continue to go. Yes, um, because that she stops going, she's going to resent him. And yes, da, 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 yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that and that and then that's oh, something it. that you have to really be careful about when it comes to relationships. That resentment because that just starts off as a seed mm-hmm. that and can it, really, you know, either it, it'll never turn into an oyster, it'll never turn into a into a pearl, into a pearl, but it will annoy mm-hmm. and just grind away at yes you. you do have to be um and it's, it's something that's interesting you've asked me about several times and I'm, i like that you ask about it because you know you're worried that i'm going to resent you because of this that or the next thing and it's very important you have that conversation and that the other partner is aware of this is a possibility and think to yourself would i do i resent this and be cognizant of the fact that, um, okay, I want to make sure I'm not going to resent that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's very, yes, because you hang on to it. And then it just goes over into all your other behaviors in yep. your relationship resentment. I've been in a relationship with a very special man who's five years younger than I am. We met in an online dating site and we've seen each other for several years. My dilemma is I have breast implants. I had the surgery 20 years ago when I was newly widowed and about to start dating again. I never told any of the men I dated. I don't believe anyone suspected. <laughs> okay. Sweetheart, they don't suspect, they know. 
How do they know? If they've touched your breasts, they know whether you've implants or not. Oh, okay. She says, my breasts look and feel natural. They have enhanced my love life tremendously. Good for you. Congratulations. But they know. (laughs) Well, guys don't care. We don't care. Whatever. But we know. Yeah. Now that this relationship is serious, I was wondering if I need to tell my guy. If he leaves after I tell him, then I guess he wasn't the one. And guys don't care, honey. <laughs> they, they don't care. I mean, if they could, they'd get breast implants on themselves <laughs> so they could have boobs to touch all the time. They don't care. I'd prefer not to say anything. I've had the implants so long, I feel they're part of me, not something foreign in my body. I'm afraid he may have an altered opinion of my body after I tell him, please advise. No, no. Don't say anything. It's your body. It was your choice. You do not have to say anything. You've been seeing this guy for several years. He knows whether or not you have breast implants. And if he hasn't said anything, there's no need for you to say anything. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. And I guarantee you, no man's going to leave you because, because you got you've fake breast implants. <laughs> Guys, buy breast implants for their women. My beautiful cousin back in Australia, and she was like a, um, a lingerie model at one point. Stunning. But her husband bought her breast implants. I think they might have been having some troubles, and he bought her breast implants. She's got the gorgeous breasts. And she she was gorgeous anyways, but, you know, so guys, don't worry about it. He's probably so happy. <laughs> I don't agree with that. I think with if... what? Well, if a guy is buying a woman breast implants for him, that's wrong. That's going to cause resentment. No, because the woman doesn't have to do it. She can go, no, right. honey, I'm quite happy no, no, with no, my no. breasts. No, no, there's a lot of women who, will, I've met them, who will feel pressured by their... Husband. Well, that's her fault. To, exactly. To get yeah. implants. Mm-hmm. If you get implants, get them because you want them. Yeah. But, and don't worry about anything else things. Yes. But you can't get them if your husband asks you to and then resent it because yes. you didn't want that's to. Right. You have to go, you know what? Yeah, I want to do it too. And yeah. then let it go. Or no, I don't. And or no. the husband has to let it go too. Uh, yes. Like, okay, you don't want them. Yeah. But no, that's fine. It has to be an agreement. Yes. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. If he's going to pay for them, great. <laughs> there you go. Money makes you happier. I'm getting ready to start my new job in a fast-moving but rather conservative industry. Last week, I had a meeting with a woman who was going to be my supervisor. We finalized details like salary work hours. She also spent a significant amount of time making sure I understood the dress code, as it is very strict, even stricter than many other offices. There were things like only certain colors of clothing, absolutely no nail polish, Minimal makeup and only natural colors. No heels over two inches, but no casual shoes either. I want to know what job she's going in, what field she's going into. This is uptight. One of the rules is that while some jewelry is allowed, it can only be either gold or silver in color and nothing else. Oh, dear. Gosh. So you had a turquoise necklace you wouldn't be allowed to wear. Oh. Here's the thing. My wedding ring is purple, amethyst encrusted. My husband got this ring for me because he knows I dislike gold and silver jewelry. It's also my birthstone. My supervisor my, yeah, my supervisor pointed it out during our meeting and said, unfortunately, I wouldn't be able to wear it during work hours. I was a bit taken aback, but did not argue. There's the first. Sorry. Now that I'm getting ready to start, I don't know what to do. <sighs> On one hand, rules are rules. On the other hand, it's my wedding ring. It's very precious to me and I never take it off. What should I do? What you should have done was when it was first brought up to you, said, no, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not taking this. This is my wedding ring. ring. It's I'm precious not, to me. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not taking this off. Yeah, and then you wouldn't have gotten the job and you would have gone, okay, you don't want to work there anyway. Not really. I'd That's love to know just, what kind of uptight industry this is. Wouldn't be a law firm. 
And the problem is they could fire her if she wore that ring because she was told ahead of time, you can't do this. But then she would have a case to make to say, this is my wedding ring. This is sacred to me. This in this this is was given to me on my wedding day. The problem's going to be is that that boss is going to say, I understand that and I'm sorry, but we only allow silver and gold jewelry. And if we let you wear a purple wedding ring, we're gonna to have to allow everyone else to wear a purple necklace or Well no, earrings. they have to change their policy to say we prefer silver and gold unless it's a, you know, a wedding ring. That's possible. Yeah. Their policy is stupid. Yes. All right. It, 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 it makes no sense. I can, depending on the industry, I can kind of understand saying no garish jewelry. It can't be just giant blingy well, stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of real bold, big jewelry. That can that be done in silver and gold. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But no, but women can also wear very big, bold, quite colorful jewelry sure. now because it, it can look gorgeous yep. with an outfit. I don't, but I don't really I'd see love to know what industry this is. I, I, I think it had something to do with, with religion. I think because she said it's very conservative and that's the most conservative industry I can think of. Oh. Would be something involving religion. Hmm. But that being the case, then they shouldn't be offended by a purple wedding ring. No. So who knows? But Very it's a stupid policy. But wow. yeah, what she should have done was step up when it was first right then in said, that moment and said, "No, I'm sorry. This is my wedding ring. I'm not taking it off." Mm. And then let them deal with it. Well, then we're not going to hire you. Then go find a job somewhere else. Hmm. How awful! Gosh. My husband and I plan to conceive in the next several months. My sister-in-law is pregnant, which has prompted some conversation with my husband. His sister is very private about breastfeeding. With her first child, she essentially hid upstairs and no one, not even the child's father, saw her do it. I'm not a particularly private person. I think that breastfeeding in front of other people is not a big deal. My husband says he would like it if I did that. He wouldn't like it if I did that in front of his family or in public and wouldn't go to a restaurant with me and a baby if he knew that I would have to breastfeed. Obviously, since I'm not pregnant, this is more of a hypothetical problem. We shouldn't even be arguing about it yet. But who's right? Oh, my gosh. She can breastfeed her baby wherever the heck she wants. Your husband's an upright, uptight dick. Oh, my God. I mean, first of all, if that lady wanted to go upstairs to the bedroom, if that was what she wanted, if it was her private special time with her baby, that is totally fine with me as well. But if a woman wants – well, I mean, of course, if, wherever a woman wants to breastfeed, she's allowed to breastfeed. And I completely get <clears throat> men – because I, 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 I am one of those guys that gets a little weirded out by breastfeeding in public. But I recognize and believe that's my issue. And that it's nothing wrong with what she's doing. Nothing whatsoever. Nothing. Either avert your eyes or learn to accept it. Yes. And it's only been in the last 10 years that's become a lot more common where I've seen and gone, oh, that's, no, that's not weird. You know, where my, no. my, my first inclination is that's weird. And then my, the other part of my brain goes, no, dummy. That's not weird at all. That's your issue. Get over it. And yeah. I go, oh, yeah, okay. And I move on. Mm. If you're sitting around with family, with your husband's family, you can easily say, hey, folks, I'm going to breastfeed. And anyone who's got a problem with that can get up and leave. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't say it that way, but you just say, I'm, I'm breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and g- generally, it's not just flopping a boob out and the kid sucks on it. There's a there's a little cloth that you put over. There's oh, just, you can even keep your bra on. You can there's, do it very discreetly. Bras. Yeah. yeah, you you're, don't you're, have to just hang, let it all hang out. Your your husband's being way overboard. Oh this. my god! Yes. Really up, really up. Really scary. I would be really freaked if my husband was saying that to me and we were planning to conceive. Yep. Yes. Oh, hold on. Nope. 
Go away? Is that what you're saying? Go away? But just my little son is here, my beautiful son. Are you going somewhere? Say hi, Rory. Hi, Rory. <laughs> Love you. Are you having fun going out somewhere? You guys, you guys going out in the rain? Okay. It's not raining anymore. <gasps> Folks, it's not raining It's not raining. Anymore. Woohoo! Yo, guys, go Get out of here. Get <laughs> Pimping his Twitch channel Love on our you. show. Get your own damn show. And remember, you've got to be back for when Hayden's got to go home. Gonna be back by before 4 o'clock, guys. <laughs> okay, whatever. I married into a... What, what, what are you doing? Okay. <laughs> bye. Bye, boys. <laughs> I married into a wonderful large family. When we eat at a restaurant, after we have ordered our food, they will all leave the table together to wash their hands, presumably because they've touched the menus that might have germs. I'm okay to stay behind to guard the table and the purses. Are they legit in their concerns about germs from menu? Should I wash my hands too, just to blend in with their tradition? I've never heard of that. Wow. Wow. Well, they must do that in many other occasions then. Now, you have said on many, many occasions that you are, you are a constant hand washer because you work in the school That's system with a bunch of kids. because I've worked with children all yeah. my career. Yeah. Um, I don't see a problem with this. I don't They're see a problem. They're German-crusted things, children. <laughs> they really are. I don't, I, I, well, they must do it in other circumstances, not just because they've touched a menu. Yeah, but I think, I think the, the letter writer's um, uh, reason for writing is the whole family goes. Can you imagine? Let's all line up at the toilet. Exactly. How odd. You know, she says, I married in a wonderful large family. So let's say there's six people at the table and you've ordered food and then suddenly five of them get up and go to the bathroom to wash their hands. Yeah. It, just, it seems odd. I'd have to go wash mine because otherwise they would come back and I would feel I, really yeah. dirty. Uh, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm happy to watch the purses, but as soon as you all come back, I'm going to go and, yeah. and do it. Yeah. Because I would feel kind of, I wouldn't want you to think about me a little germ monster well, sitting over and there. If you, know. you touch them, they're going to go, you touched me and you touched the menu and you haven't washed your hands. But I don't think there's any real issue with menu germs. This germs, I mean, you know, when I think about it the most, apart from work, public transit. When we caught the buses, and I am not like when you hold on to the bar. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Can you know how, oh, the grimy and disgusting those bars are and the yeah. buses? And when you touch the sides of the seats, oh, you just be filled with germs. When you're waiting to get off at the door and you're holding on and you think about all the germs that are on that where you're touching. I've never thought about that. Thank you Ew, very much. Now you, I'm going to think about it. That's gross. No, you got to wash your hands after you've been in public transit. But I've never done it after I've touched a menu. Do you uh, agree that that uh, much of that Perel type stuff is mostly useless, but still should, you should still use it? Research shows that hand washing is the yes. most effective way. But getting off a bus, I can't wash my hands. Well, then, you know, it's a little something, isn't yeah. it? Like when, when I do the kindergarten surveys, I have to do the survey every single kindergarten child. Yeah. And so they're touching my pencils, my scissors, they're sneezing on me. They're, <laughs> they come and they sit and they've got <laughs> snot and they're, who knows what else is going on with them. They're they're filled with disease and germs. <laughs> I have my I have my alcohol wipe stuff. I do. I wash my because it's like oh my gosh. Yeah, that stuff is not near as effective as actually washing your hands, no, but it's something. But it's something yeah. where you feel even just a little bit of a barrier. So even if you're just carrying around a little a little tube just of the Perel, the, well, you, you get off the bus and you just 
just do a quick hand. Well, wipe. if you, um, when we were getting, we had to get the place where I where it worked in Vancouver was, of course, an accredited facility. Yes. So the government is going around and has spread the the idea that you have to be an accredited healthcare facility. Okay. So there's a lot of rules, and if that, and they'll come and they do an audit. And then they will either pass you or fail. And so the whole, you know, your whole agency is going up and up and up in adrenaline and worry and getting prepared. And one of the things to be accredited was to, for each employee to have an alcohol, a little bottle to wipe, wash their hands. And then when you left the houses after working with the families, we had a spray with bleach that we were supposed to spray down the toys and wipe them off. Really? If, yeah. Yeah. So. So the family going into the bathroom. Yes. Well, I would have to go and wash my hands after I've minded the purses and stuff. I'd go. Okay, my turn. Yeah, I would. I would definitely have to just if if or no. I wouldn't. I don't think. And someone can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think there's a big concern about germs on a on a on a menu. Well, they're there. They're certainly there. Yeah. I'd never thought about the bus thing. And thank you very much for that. Jesus. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would definitely just because I don't want the other people to, to think. Oh, yeah, he's sitting over there. Covered in germs. Covered in germies. So I would definitely do. But it is. And I've never heard, I've never I heard no, I that before. I just don't see why it's so specific to the menus. Okay. What if they do with other things too? Like what do they do with other things? Yeah. Hmm. Folks, that's it for this edition of Don't Listen to Us. As always, send us emails to dltu at yml.me. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you guys. This has been Don't Listen to Us. I've been Sean King. I'm Melissa King. Thanks very much for joining us. See ya. Bye.